Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, where we aim to entertain, encourage, and equip worship and tech leaders all around the world. Look, we all know that serving in worship and production is great, but the problems, those are real. Thanks for joining us as we dive into today's episode with our host, Brian Tabor. Welcome to episode 150 of the Worship Leader Props podcast. Guys, we have a barn burner for you today. So I hope you came ready. You do every week, and we love that you keep coming back. Uh, you know why we're here. We want to entertain you, encourage you, and equip you. And uh, when I think about people who can do that better than anybody, I one of the people I think about is Big Yonce. She's here. <laughs> Where did you get barn burner from? What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so curious. Barn burner. Like, is that something people gather to do? Like, let's, we're going to burn the barn uh, down. They might talk about that in sports. I'm not sure where that Is that, that what it from. is? Okay. It's I'm like, I've heard burner. of burning down the house. The barn was a different one for me. I, I like, is it a, down the house. Is it a Midwest Isn't that thing? A song? I don't know. Uh, could be. Yeah. You probably, do you have barns in Phoenix? I, you know, I, I, we, there's farmland. I wouldn't say in the city, <laughs> in the middle of the city, there's a barn. No, but yeah, I guess. Wow, I bet everybody is thoroughly enjoying this. Right, it's a barn burner. <laughs> it's a barn burner. I told you, I told you, it's yeah. a barn burner. We're going to burn the barn down. Uh, guys, this is what we're going to be doing on this episode of the podcast. We're going to share some resources with you. We are going to share some laughs with prayer concerns. I cannot wait to hear what you have in store for us today. And then we're going to be sharing an incredible conversation we got to have with Brian Taylor from Slingshot Group. He just dropped fire. Like, I, yes. I was not expecting that. Not that I had any kind of low expectation, but my goodness, it was so amazing. So so good. you are in store for some goodness. But before we get to all of that, Brian, will you take just a moment and tell our listeners about our sponsor, Planning Center? I would love to. They are the best, guys. They've revolutionized how I do ministry. Uh, and they've, they have a new app called Church Center. We've told you about it before, uh, but they, it's a free app for your congregation. Uh, so if you use certain planning center applications, you can give the people in your church uh, access to this app uh, where they can connect to the life of your church by doing all these things that uh, they have to do anyway, checking in their families on the weekend and giving and uh, joining groups, managing their own personal profile information, registering for events. And now they can reply to their serving requests from the serving uh, the services app. So uh, just another way that Planning Center is uh, answering the bell mm -hmm. and changing the game. Yeah. So you can learn more at planningcenter.com slash church dash center. Go check it out. They're check it out. The best, hey, especially heading into the holidays, you guys. <laughs> You get on planning center, start scheduling those folks now. Just dude, do it just now. Do it, do it, it now for, for sure. Don't wait. Don't wait. So how you doing? Did I see a picture of that pool? You did. You did. The long journey. We are we are in this final stretch. The finish line is in sight. My pool has a hose in it right now. It's being filled up. So finally, yeah, we're gonna be able to enjoy the backyard a little bit. Obviously, we can't swim. We missed that, but we do have a jacuzzi, so that will be happening. So nice. I'm really excited. The weather's cooling down. Um, I'm my heart is so happy this time it's of year. It's gonna be boot season before I, you know. I'm it. gonna <laughs> scarves all that. I'm gonna need to get a TV out there so I can watch Downton outside, kind of oh, like you've gosh. been doing on that deck, guys. It is so awesome. Uh, so it's been 
getting dipping down into the 50s and sometimes like the upper 40s wow. at night. So we got this overhead heater. We turn that on, get some blankets out there, turn on a little down, a little watch the Have Abbey. Some tea. Crumpets. <laughs> and crumpets. <laughs> okay, so how many times now is this? How many times through? Uh, this will be my sixth uh, really? watching of, of the wow. Abbey. I have a problem. You know what I can't yes, stand I about it, it? Is I just love it. Every time you start rewatching, I'm you like, started to. I got it. Yes, I'm like, man, so you keep <laughs> posting about it. I'm like, I'm going to have to rewatch it again because I rewatched it last year because you were rewatching it and it, I just got that Downton bug. And so I'm feeling it again. Even my husband, Josh, was keeps seeing your post and he's like, I want to rewatch Downton. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it so much. And we have, uh, there's a, a lady on staff at our church uh, mm -hmm. and we have some dear friends. They have been like certain periods of the year, they'll open up the, the place where they live. There's a, right. uh, how do I not know the name of it? High, high Clare castle or uh. whatever it's called, but they open it up for, for tours wow. and we have friends who t toured it. Oh man. Can you even imagine? Can you start like put a link to a Venmo, send Brian and Jen to Downton. Guys, I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't I would it. not hate that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys, here's something else I don't hate. Free Church AV. Right? Free Church AV. Our friends at Five Words Media, you know, this is season three. Mm -hmm. uh, Five Words Media, Daniel Gorley, they're giving away the store, man. Yeah, they are. Uh, an AVL system up to $200,000. Click the link in our bio and uh, and click on the Five Words Media, the Free Church AV link. Uh, you got to be in it to win it. It doesn't take much to sign up, uh, but you do have to sign up. You have to sign up, and they want you to do a little video about your church. Why would uh, why would why would two hundred thousand dollars worth of free gear help you share the message of the gospel yeah. in a more effective or efficient way? And um, it's going to be awesome. Season three, it's just so, I still am amazed that that they're doing this. It's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the coolest thing ever, we have a, an, up, an upcoming collab with Logos Bible Software. Uh, we've been telling you a little bit about this. More details to come, but uh, keep a lookout on the socials because it's coming and it's going to be awesome. That is going to be awesome. I can't wait. You know what else I can't wait for? What's that? Brian, I really need you to hit me with some prayer concerns. Guys, it's just the bright spot of my week. Prayer concerns. I get <laughs> I get the emails come right to my phone and when and they're all anonymous, so I never know who they come from. But when I when one pops in, I'm, I'd start I think about how Jen's gonna react to it. The bright spot of your week though. It's the bright spot. Do you of feel my week. a little wrong about that? Just <laughs> a little bit. someone else's it's, misery. It's a it's just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. So okay, prayer concerns. If you don't know what that is, this is episode one fifty. Uh, so you got lots of catching up to do mm -hmm. and you will enjoy it, I promise you. Uh, so, you know, people in our churches, they like to give us a little feedback, yeah. you know, yeah. sometimes they're, uh, you know, a little below the belt, a little savage. <laughs> and we like to share those anonymously. People from all over the world send these in. Uh, you can send yours in. Maybe it happens on your connection card or your live stream chat or, uh, you know, a Google review, whatever. Uh, go to worshipleaderprobs.com, click on the prayer concerns uh, button up in the menu and submit yours there anonymously. You can DM them uh, to us on uh, Instagram as well. So it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good grouping uh, this week. Oh, so I can't wait. 
Let's dive right in. Prayer concern number one. I recently got this comment and they said, my heart is weak and my doctor said, if you keep playing those drums on Sunday morning, I'll have a heart attack and die. (laughs) (laughs) And you are responsible. Wow. Oh my goodness. Is that, is that really... I don't think that's how it works. I don't. Is I don't, that how it works? I mean, is it? Not a, it's not the clogged arteries or any of that. It's, it's not the it's, cheeseburgers. It's, it's not, not the, the it's not the buffet burger. after church. It's exactly. the drums. Well, exactly. 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 All wow. those French fries. <clears throat> okay. Number two. Prayer concern number two. I got this comment recently after a service, and this person said, "Well, we just didn't get where we needed to be this morning." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Thank you for that. <laughs> and this, somehow this is my fault? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. Gosh, people are just brutal. Yeah, yeah that's a little brutal. That is. That's, that's just a little bit. Just <laughs> didn't get, get where we needed to be. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what that means even. But. Okay. Number three, prayer concern. Number three. Recently, our guitar player complained to the pastor, who is his father, uh, that the music is just too loud. As the pastor pulled me aside after the service to address the issue, this same guitarist was on stage in the sanctuary with his amp cranked up, showing off the new heavy metal riff he learned to one of the youth group teens. (laughs) There's there's so much I want to say. There's a word I want to use. It starts with an N, but I'm not going <laughs> to. ends with an ism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was. Yeah, that's no bueno, fam. No, don't do that. Come on, fam. Uh, okay, prayer concern number four. Prayer concern number four. And it says, the coloring pages for kids are too detailed. I don't want my granddaughter to be frustrated trying to color inside the lines. <laughs> You have to talk to the church it's about it. It's a worship. Con- <laughs> oh my gosh! They felt passionate enough about this issue yeah, to actually detailed. reach out to the church about the coloring sheets. Right, and I want to know like what, what kind of details. <laughs> right, how are detailed are these? Much, yeah. How detailed are they? Maybe got a little of Joseph and the. Is, the well, the I'm like, is it, those, colors, is it like know? those adult coloring books where it's like all those fancy paisleys and stuff? I mean, is that what they're giving to the kids? I mean, fancy what, paisleys. <laughs> like, oh what, what, what is this? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Number five, fam, this is the last one. The bottom of the pudding cup. Prayer concern number five. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. We re- we recently had a congre- congregation member that was complaining that the drums were too loud and that he wanted the drum cage put back up. So we humored him and he said it made a world of difference. And they were electronic drums. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like those little, the, just the little psychological oh, games. Like the, Lord help the, us. the fader Lord that isn't actually us. connected to anything. If you just move it, it makes everybody feel better. Exactly. exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh Lord, you guys, I love you all. <laughs> Thank you for sending in your prayer concerns. Keep them coming. You can send them in anonymously uh, on the prayer concerns tab at worshipleaderprobs.com. Okay. We have a fire 
interview uh, to share with you today, Brian Taylor from Slingshot Group. And maybe you don't know what Slingshot Shot Group is. And so uh, Slingshot Group, uh, they help churches and staff members. They help to make good matches. Uh, they are a, a church staffing and not-for-profit staffing and coaching organization Um they're doing unbelievable things uh, to serve the local church as well as uh, not-for-profits. And so Brian uh, Taylor is the executive, uh, he's the vice president of the experience uh, division uh, for staffing and coaching and uh, just one of the smartest people I know. So let's dive right into our conversation with Brian Taylor. Well, the Worship Leader Probs is thrilled to have a good friend, Mr. Brian Taylor today. How are you doing, man? Y'all, I'm, y'all, I, okay, so I, I don't even know why that came out <laughs> so naturally. I'm a Texas transplant, but okay, y'all, I'm doing great. It's so good to be here with you. <laughs> That's good. We got two BTs on here, man. We do. You can never have enough, Brian's. I'm right? convinced. You need as many BTs as, as many. possible. I'm, Jen, I don't know how you feel about that, but we're having a moment here. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All well, we appreciate you having uh, taken the time, man. We're thrilled to talk to you today. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Hey, so, Brian, we're just going to jump right in. We ask a lot of our guests this question, and you're not really a guest, I guess, your friend. So, um, new friend, friend of Brian's. But um, hopefully, we're nearing the end of what has been an absolutely crazy season for all of us coming out of 2020, coasting through 2021. Um, it's been challenging, but we just want to know how have you been? How's your family been? How have you guys, you know, gone through this this season? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit, um, but uh, this has been quite the season of transition for our family, like everyone else across the country, <laughs> seasons of transition, but marked transition for us. You know, Lauren, my wife, and I, we've been married, it'll be 14 years in November, wow. and we've got two nice. not-so-little, uh, they're growing little ones. We've got a 12-year-old boy and uh, eight, almost nine-year-old girl, and uh, for us, this season has been about learning. Uh, we're doing well, but we're learning because everything feels new. You know, we've mm -hmm. got new rhythms and new routines. The kids this fall, new schools. Um, you know, I'm in a new role. It's a, a lot of things uh, that weren't the same a year ago on top of things that weren't the same for everyone. So I, I'd say we're doing well, uh, finding our rhythm, finding our pace, and uh, seeing God in the middle of all of it, orchestrating Oof, our steps. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Grateful for that, man. Uh, grateful for that. Okay, so I've been pumped for today um, to get to talk to you. So as I've gotten to know you a little bit, I so I've been encouraged, I've been inspired, I've been challenged by your leadership and, uh, and just have really enjoyed the process of getting to know you. So uh, you've served at some amazing churches uh, throughout your ministry, and I'd love to uh, even for me, as well as the listeners, can you tell us tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah. So, um, how much time do we have, and how deep do you want to go? Right? Um, do you do you want to leave the therapy in, or do we take it out for the sake of time? Uh, so, interesting, interesting uh, story. Uh, or part of my story is I grew up in the church in black 
black churches, predominantly black churches, um, uh, gospel music and seven-hour services and B, you know, B3s, that kind of thing, was raised by my grandparents nice. um, growing up, and they were both involved in church music. Uh, so both choir directors, both singers. Uh, my grandmother's family had a traveling kind of gospel choir, family mm-hmm. gospel choir. And so, you know, we would do church on Sunday. We'd come home just enough time to watch the first half of whatever football team, uh, which I'm from the D.C. area. So uh, that was the Washington football team. I don't know if I can put that across the country because, you know, we just, <laughs> we've kind of just given up hope of anything great, but it's okay. We're sticking to it. Um, and I, I live in Cowboys country, Dallas. I live oh, in Frisco, yeah. Texas. Our rivals, right? You guys uh, are oh, like. No, well, it's okay. Rabbit trail. We were rivals until I got to Dallas and I realized that on the Dallas side of things, it doesn't seem to be as high of a rivalry as it did when I lived in D.C. Um, and so that was a little bit deflating, but it's okay. Um, so anyway, we, we would uh, have enough time to watch the first half of a football game, and then we were out on the road somewhere at uh, mm-hmm. some little church, sometimes little country churches or uh, different places that we would drive to, and we would do evening concerts there. So I grew up playing, singing, directing choirs and church, because it was just what we did. It was natural. Um, you know, so I think I started, I mean, I started playing when I was like three years old and, uh, by like seven or eight, I, you know, I was directing choirs and playing piano and organ and dabbling with drums. And so I've always had a love um, for the local, what I now know to understand is the local church and the ministry yeah, of the local yeah. church and music mm-hmm. inside of the local church. Um, and so that kind of put me on a trajectory of really going towards music. Now, I had no desire. Uh, first, I didn't really even know it was a thing that you could be on staff at a church. Uh, right. But I, I didn't have any desire to do that. I loved serving the church, but my passion was more on writing, songwriting, producing. Mm. I loved the music business thing. I had a band. We did corporate gigs and things. I mean, mm. I just mm. loved, as I grew, I loved um, just the idea of music. And my dad was a traveling uh, he was a traveling musician. He did pop and R&B. And so mm. I, I kind of grew up like church, and then like his bands would be rehearsing for tour like in our garage in like a makeshift rehearsal studio. And so like, those are my two worlds that I lived in, you know, like watching the the sermon and standing on side stages kind of thing is what, what it felt like. And, uh, when I, when I was, uh, coming out of high school, I think that would have been the time it was the first time I chose my own church. Um, Mm. and how I got there was quite interesting. Uh, I'll say, I'll save the story, but it was quite dramatic. Uh, to be the one to break away from kind of what the family was doing. That church was my first uh, kind of exposure to worship as I know it to be now. Um, You know, and what I was exposed to there was a part of the Christian life that was so much more alive than I had realized was possible before. And the relationship, the friendship with God was so much more intimate and involved than I'd realized. And as a person who loved music and really connected with myself and with God through music, it was like that dropped a puzzle piece 
into the puzzle that had just been missing. And I remember, I you know, Israel and Newbreed, uh, Israel's still out and around, but Israel and Newbreed was, I mean, massive um, back then. And I remember we took our team to go see him at a night of worship that he was doing. And I remember being in that room and watching him steward the room. And the the thing I loved the most about it was it was young and old and black and white and Hispanic. I mean, everyone, we sang in Spanish, we played a little gospel, we did the, you know, straight up contemporary rock type stuff, all of it. And everyone was in it together. And that was the moment I went, yep, that's that, that right there. That's right, what right. I, I want to do. And uh, so I was at that church for a few years, and I started uh, a few years after that in my first full-time role at a church um, in the uh, Washington, D.C. area is where we got started. And that church was another multi-generational, multicultural um, church. We had like 90 different nations represented in the Holy church. Lord. And I think wow. at that time, you know, they were just one location at that time. And we had probably six or 7,000 people that were, Gosh. that were there. And, you know, I started as like a band, uh, band director. And a few months after I was there, um, the worship leader transitioned and they said, you're going to lead. And it's like, okay, <laughs> let's do this. And, um, the first time I led didn't go so great, uh, mainly because I had zero awareness, and I just was used to a totally different thing. And I, I, I came out of that experience with a lot of good learning lessons. That's what I'll yeah. say. <laughs> uh, but it's great. But uh, you know, that's where I actually met my wife, and uh, we were there for seven years, um, just faithfully serving God and learning so much. I'm so thankful um, for that pastor uh, because mm. he invested. That I mean it. It was like boot camp, right? Because you got this, I was like 22, 21, 22 years old leading this ministry in this way. And I'd never done anything at that scale before. And he took the time to, you know, every week we had feedback and debrief and all of that stuff. And every service he was like, okay, like, what about this? Do this. You know, the first thing he wrote on, you know, he was joking, but kind of not joking. He wrote, <laughs> resistance is futile across the first meeting note that we had. You know, just like, <laughs> hey, like, don't worry about trying to, the buck doesn't stop with you. It stops with me. So trust me, I'm going to do my best to to lead you, care for you through this. And mm-hmm. it was tough. It was hard, but I learned so much um, mm-hmm. there. And then we went to South Florida. And in South Florida, the church that we were there, multi-site, you know, I think probably at that point, there were probably 25,000 in total uh, across five or six locations and uh, started as a campus worship pastor there and then moved into oversight of the entire worship ministry, um, which was extraordinary to to be a part of and to witness firsthand um, what God was doing there. And that church you know, was, uh, I would say it was multi-ethnic, but monocultural, right? And so mm-hmm. like the other church, we did a lot of different styles of music, things of that nature. This church, we had a lot of different kinds of people, but it was kind of one style, cutting edge, mm-hmm. super trendy, mm-hmm. high production value mm-hmm. um, kind of church and loved it, still love them. They're like, they're like family mm-hmm. to us still mm-hmm. to this day. We love South Florida. And so we were there and then we moved to Dallas and went to an entirely different kind of church. Uh, so in, in Dallas, we had a Southern Baptist choir, very large choir, you know, several hundred people in the choir, 
massive church, uh, huge attendance, like 30, 40,000 members, but in two locations, one of, one of which was the biggest location. And, uh, you know, when I got there, they were suits and ties and things of that nature. So wow. I went from like tunic tees and skinny jeans in Florida <laughs> to, to like, and I didn't wear the suit and tie deal, right? Cause that just wasn't me, but you know, a button down and, and stuff. But what I love about all of that experience is that I, I learned to appreciate the ways that unique cultures, people worship and engage with God. And, you know, um, Mark Harris uh, is from For Him is at yeah. uh, Gateway. Oh, yeah. Now, one time, you know, he said, you know, part of part of what we have to do, I'm butchering this, sorry, sorry, Mark, if you're listening, <laughs> um, but the biggest, one of the biggest parts that we have to do as worship leaders, as songwriters, and is is we have to die to our own references and preferences. Mm. And mm. I think mm. that arc of that journey has taught me how to love what I'm doing, even if it's not what I'd prefer or mm. what I'm used to. And right. I think yep. that skill, that quality has served me well um, in the middle of situations that just honestly, I look back, I'm like, how in the world did God <laughs> see fit to put me there, the way I'm wired, the way I think, but I look back and I say, yeah, I can see how he threaded it all together because I just didn't get too caught up on myself. Man. Mm. Wow. Wow. Man, that's so good. That's incredible. That's so, good. So, so one of your passions is helping to resource churches and leaders who are called to multicultural, multi-ethnic um, ministries. Has that always been a passion of yours? Uh, so... It's interesting. I don't know that it's always been a passion of mine, uh, mainly because it didn't start out as a project. I just lived it, right? right. So, uh, so I come from a multicultural background, personally. So my mom is white. My dad is black. On the white side of the family, it's almost all white people. And on the black side of the family, it's just about almost all black people except for our little family where we just have a little bit of, of mixed stuff happening, right? So, um, and it's that part was really interesting because I grew up basically feeling like I didn't quite fit in on either side of mm -hmm. the equation. I was like most often too white for the white side, too black for the black side, and just mm -hmm. in this middle, even musically, like, uh, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier before, like, mm -hmm. I listen to a, such a broad variety of music, and I enjoy different kinds of experiences, and none of those things, they just don't quite fit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what it opened me up to and introduced me to was, uh, again, that there are so many different expressions in different ways. And as I grew and started to interface with more leaders, um, that's where the passion started because I, I recognized like, man, like, this is what heaven is like. Like heaven mm -hmm. is not yeah. just a bunch of people that look like you or a bunch of yep. people that look yep. like you or a bunch of, mm -hmm. I mean, it's everyone together, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And mm -hmm. um, as I began to see uh, churches that were doing it well, leaders that were doing it well, I also began to see leaders that were struggling and like leaders like me who were in environments maybe where they were, uh, you know, an ethnic minority or, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, their point of reference culturally was way different than you know they want. And watching some of the organizations that those leaders were a part of, not know like they knew how to maybe build 
a diverse team, but they didn't understand what it means to actually embrace it. Like it's one thing to put the people on your team. It's another thing to allow them to be themselves, to bring the yeah. fullness yeah. of themselves to your organization. And that just, especially in the church, that just doesn't sit well. Uh, with mm-hmm. a lot of leaders, they get really uncomfortable um, because of their own what they tie certain kinds of expressions to, um, mm-hmm. and so that passion developed because I just started to have these conversations with leaders, and I knew what I was walking through and some of the struggles that I faced, and what they. And I'm like, wait, it's not, <laughs> it's not just me. It's not just yeah. a few of us. Like this is uh, a pretty significant issue, and when done well, it's so beautiful. Uh, but mm-hmm. when it's not done well, it is. It is just downright right, traumatic um, yeah, for the leaders uh, and damaging to them and what mm-hmm. they do. So yeah, that's where that that passion kind of developed um, as organically out of some of the conversations that mm-hmm. I began to have as I jumped into those spaces myself. Mm-hmm. Man, I love it, and thank you for doing that. Um, uh, okay, so you've mentioned transition, and yeah. now now we're kind of up we're caught up to like current day you've transitioned off of church staff. Uh, you're now serving uh, with slingshot group. You're yes. vice president of experience staffing and coaching. Uh, I am pumped to have just joined uh, the experience team. And so I get yes. to serve with you. Uh, we are serve pumped under for you. that. Well, man, I I've just really enjoyed uh, watching you and watching how you lead our team. And uh, so tell me what, like what has what has you pumped and excited about serving local churches through Slingshot? Yeah, um, I, I do want to just say again because I don't want it to be a flyby. We are honored to have you jump in with oh. our team, and it's uh, it's been fantastic to get to know you a little bit more. Um, to answer your question, what do I love about Slingshot? So, uh, I I worked with Slingshot and have worked with Slingshot for the last few years. Um, and what I loved when I started with them is what I love today is that Slingshot the team is made up of people that love the church. They love the work and ministry of the local church. And um, our team, as you know, is made up of ministry practitioners. And to me, uh, being with other leaders and finding leaders and trusted voices that have been in the same trenches that you've been in and are in the same battles that you're in, that understand it like deeply and have that same heart level, passion, the calling, like that, that to me is part of what makes our team so great. It's why I love our team. It's why when when I first got connected with them, I, I went home, I told my wife, I'm like, I have found my people. My goodness, I have found my people because it's a bunch of different different theological backgrounds and denominational backgrounds, lots of different skill sets. I mean, across all of our division, I'm, I'm particularly biased to experience worship and production and digital because that's my you know that's my my lane that that I love but I love that we were all united around the common goal of wanting to help churches and nonprofits build remarkable teams like mm-hmm. we wanted the church to be at its best and the teams to be at their best and that drives so much of what we do in in the way that we innovate in the way that we're spirit led in the way that we're relational we're winsome um so for me, that was a, a heart level connection. Um, so I did, you know, it's interesting because this is the first time, the first season in 20 years. Yeah. In 20 years that I have not been on staff at a local church. And wow. that has been a wild experience um, for us. And we, and we, this is not what you asked, but we can talk about that in a bit. Like I have more <laughs> respect 
for the average churchgoer than I ever have because this is the first time, you know, we, we still lead. My wife and I, we lead together and we have for all 14 years, um, shoulder to shoulder. That's what we love. That's where I'm at my best. Uh, we lead worship still, you know, kind of contract. We'll jump in and uh, lead. But uh, I, for the first time, have the choice to go to church or not go to church, to wake our kids up and bring them. And I know what it's like now. Uh, when Sunday morning just is not going your way with the children or with the, just you didn't get enough sleep or, you know, like, man, I've been traveling all week, which I, you know, it's part of my job. And I just have so much appreciation for the people that now when I lead, I look out, I'm like, I know what it took to get you there. And we say that like, when, like, oh, you know, we say that, but man, it really is a choice. And it's a choice that should be celebrated, even if, you know, even if they're two minutes late with a coffee cup in their hand, uh, <laughs> which which wasn't me until like the last few weeks, right? Um, you know, last few months. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's that's what I love though. Going back is I love now. I still get to work. Uh, I get to work with and on the local church uh, from an an outsider's perspective and be a breath of fresh air. Like that's what we get to be is a load lifter and a breath of fresh air to the churches mm-hmm. and the leaders that we step into. And I'm entrepreneurial in in nature. And so I love challenges, different challenges, different situations to come into and just add value um, and, and build up and then hand it to them and say, hey, you've got a really great path ahead of you. I don't know. So that's my that's uh, what I love. One of the many things that I love about our team. Okay, so you help individuals and churches um, navigate transitions and change. This is pretty much what you do. What is the biggest challenge in that process? Yeah. Um, You know, I think it is worth noting that we are still seeing and and looking for and figuring out and finding the long-term implications of what the last 18 months, 24 months have been for us. Um, as the church, as people, as leaders, and as the church. And I think right now for us, um, what I'm seeing is, I mean, in the staffing space that we're we're in, you know, we we do staffing and coaching, right? And so the transition Mm -hmm. is a lot in the staffing space. It's more difficult than than it's ever been um, because change is tough anyway. Transition is hard anyway, even the best transition, even the one you do, mm-hmm. you'd not, you know, knock out all the different boxes and you, you, you dot the I's and cross the T's, even in the best of circumstances, transition is tough. But what this last little go has done for so many leaders is it, it's added this weight of exhaustion mm-hmm. on top of it and overwhelm on top of it. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so many leaders find themselves at this, this crossroads of exhaustion an expectation right now. Like, oh man, a lot of places regathering is happening. It's new, it's fresh, it's momentum, but we still haven't recovered. Ministry never stopped, but now the expectations are for new, for greater, for bigger, for better. And so when you're facing transitions, I think leaders are asking questions they've They've never had to ask before. Stability is is affecting leaders in a way that it's, I mean, we've never thought, we never thought that we'd see so many churches that would have to shutter or, or have to lay off staff or have to, you know, reorganize financially. Um, and all of those components in the middle of what is already really tough, 
It just, mm-hmm. it, it's like it takes the wind out of so many leaders' sails. And I think that's the, the practicalities of transition is transition. And our team, we're skilled in, in helping pastor people through that process, pastor churches through and shepherd them through how do you make sure you're ready to receive a great leader and the leaders. How do you leave where you're at well? How do you honor them on the way out? How do you bring your absolute best to what's coming next? Um, but we just can't, we, we can't, um, understate the impact of that that overwhelm and the exhaustion that is coming. So I think for us, that that is really what I'm navigating more than anything else, is helping leaders transition with health, good health, solid health, bringing their best um, to what's next, when so much of the what has been is just unresolved. And there's not really a way to resolve it. There's not really a way to reconcile the kind of emotional, relational, uh, financial, physical loss that that we have endured. Um, and so you can't. You can process it. You can kind of, you know, kind of close it up to that certain degree, but it can never fully be reconciled. And so, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest transitions um, for leaders that that are moving into new spaces, that transition into new, when I really haven't, I, I mean, some leaders, they didn't want to transition. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah, something right. they're choosing. It's yeah. something yeah. that life has, you know, the, the, the way that life has gone is, is necessitated for them. So yeah, to answer your question, I think that's, that's one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing right now. Wow. Man, that's huge too. You're, you're not kidding. Some, a lot of people who didn't want to yeah, who didn't choose that transition? They find themselves in the middle of it. Um, what if if somebody's listening right now and they think, you know what? I maybe I sense that stirring or or something in me that maybe a transition is coming. What are there are there things that you would or ways that you would counsel them? Are there things that they can do uh, to make sure like that? These are some things that can help you understand. Yes, it's time, or no, you need to press through where you're at? Yeah. Um, that's, that's an interesting question. And I, I'll go back to a, a story um, of my own life. Uh, and there was a season of time where uh, I asked God for a long time, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do something different. I don't know that I can handle this. And for a long time, God's reply to me was no, stay. Mm. Mm. And everything in me wanted to run. Everything in me wanted to get out. And I had really good reasons for it. Um, you know, nothing character, nefarious, it just wasn't, wasn't the best situation. And, uh, the, the interesting thing about that season is there are so many ways in my life that I would still be stuck if I had run mm. uh, that God began to work out because mm. I stayed. Mm. And so the first thing I, I would say to leaders that are considering transition is the variable that you will bring with you to every 
ministry assignment is you. <laughs> and so often what we think are organizational challenges or staff challenges, relational challenges, don't really have anything to do with the pastor or leader that we're in conflict with or the organization that we're in conflict with. It has everything to do with what's going on inside of us. And so I tell leaders, um, if you have not done your own emotional homework, you're probably not ready to transition to something new. It might mm. mean you need to transition out of what you're doing now because you're not healthy. Mm. You're not. You're not. You're not. Uh, you know, stable and balanced in those ways. But going to something new is just going to keep continuing the same issues that you've had. Mm. So if you've done your homework, your emotional homework, and you're confident that you're not just running, then. Um, you know, the question that, that I, I ask and have asked, and, you know, we're kind of rhythmic people, so I ask these kinds of questions on a, you know, with the coaches and leaders that I work with personally for me um, that are counseling me. You know, I always ask, you know, where's my assignment right now? Um, and, you know, like ministry, life is a bunch of tensions, the things that are not necessarily opposites of each other but are at odds with each other. And like assignment, I've in my own life, I found that assignment and ambition happen to be not opposites, but they can be at odds with each other. And so leaders that are choosing to, to transition or looking to transition uh, should make sure that they're choosing assignment and not ambition. Uh, because the mm -hmm. thing about assignments mm -hmm. and what I've seen in my, my own journey in life is God always has a plan, and that plan sometimes takes us outside of what we think is forward motion. He takes mm -hmm. us a sideways journey to get us to the right place. And ambition is generally going to want to go, it's like going to go for the path of least resistance or, or least, mm -hmm. um, like least uh, friction, right? It, mm -hmm. the, that's what ambition does. It wants the mm -hmm. quickest way to the platform, the quickest way to the spotlight, the quickest thing to way to whatever we think we need to be better than what we are today. And, you know, so God uses those out of the way markers to get us to where we're going. And you can't see it until you're, you're, removed a bit from it. So like ambition is a wonderful thing. Like I'm driven. You absolutely need drive. But if you run to the things that fulfill your ambition without regard for your assignment, then what's going to happen is you can get to the right thing at the wrong season and mess it all up. Yeah. Like you yeah. can run to the right thing at the wrong time. And because you're not ready for it, you're going to mess it all up like mm. that, that, and that's what would have happened if I had run I had opportunities, and if I had run to those opportunities, I would not have been in a place that forced me to do the work emotionally that I needed to do uh, to be whole, to bring my best self to me, to my wife, to my kids. If I hadn't done that, then I could have gotten to the, the same kinds of place, but my ministry there wouldn't have been as fruitful. And mm. probably because, you know, I had some childhood trauma and some other stuff that I didn't know was trauma. I thought it was mm. normal and it wasn't because it doesn't look like all the things that, you know, you'd see on the news mm. and things of that nature. But I, I, I didn't realize the impact it was having on my leadership and my relationships and my marriage and my mm. family. And a lot of that stuff began to, to uh, be uncovered in my heart and mind because I was in a place that wasn't giving me everything that I wanted. 
and I didn't have everything. Actually, I didn't even have necessarily everything I needed. I didn't have all the tools and skills, but just being in that point of friction began to stir up in me uh, some of the healing that was needed. So when I got to the, the right thing at the right time, I actually knew what to do with it in a healthy mm-hmm. way. Um, oh, wow. So... Yeah, if, if you're thinking about transition, don't do it alone. I love that you all talk about like you're not alone. You're you're not on mm-hmm. your own. I mm-hmm. I would I would never try to navigate uh, transition on your own. Seek wise counsel. Find a, a good you know skills based therapist to work out your own emotional homework. Mm-hmm. And and it is it's just it's worth the risk to transition well. Um, mm-hmm. You know to have the conversations, to be courageous, to be upfront, and to trust God uh, with what happens as a result of your desire to honor him with those conversations and how you bring them, you know, into kind of the current season that you're in. Wow. That's so good. There's so much so in that. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> so much in that. Wow. Good night. So Brian, if we could get Every single worship leader, production leader, you know, tech member, anybody who's involved in worship, um, creative ministries, all of that. If we could get every single person into one giant room all together and we hand you a mic, what would you feel compelled to say to all of them? Wow. I love I love the big room question. It's 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 so so much wisdom. First of all, so so much wisdom that's been shared um, on this podcast before. Um you know, I thought I thought a little bit about this, like prepping, like I'm, a, I, you know, be ready yeah. for it. And uh, <laughs> um, you know, he, here's here's what I, say. I start with a I start with another story. So there's a weird phenomenon in transition that happens. I don't know that I have a scientific name for it, but if you go back, like if I go back to like the last time I was on a platform at a church before we left, before we transitioned uh, to whatever was next, like. If you go back, I can tell you exactly what I'm thinking and feeling as I'm walking off the, the, the platform that last time. There's this weird phenomena that happens. Like if you would go to that church's Facebook page the next Sunday, you would see they still have an online broadcast. Mm-hmm. And you would watch the team that you used to be a part of, the team that you used to lead, continue to serve and continue to do well. Now, here's why I say this, because I think each of us, where we're at, where we're at, like when we're there, um, we think of the ministry that we do as like paramount. And for us, it's like, man, what what are they going to do when I leave? Or what what would they do if I didn't do it? And here's the reality. This is the thing I don't have a scientific name for, but the reality is, is like the church, the ministry, the team, they will move on and they will do well mm-hmm. because Jesus is the one that builds his church, Come on. right? right. Yeah. That's, yep. The, yep. that's the reality. Here's why this is important. And this is actually what I'd want to say then to that group of leaders with that in mind. I think so many leaders, uh, worship leaders, production leaders, um, they, they are hiding behind workaholism uh, because investment in ministry is noble, and it is, and the need always outpaces the resource. It does, mm-hmm. and that gives mm-hmm. us really good reasons 
to hide our sin, to hide our struggle, to hide our deficits, because we think, but if I'm not here, if I'm not leading, if I'm not at that event, if I'm not the one carrying this ball down the field, what's going to happen to this ministry? What's going to happen to this church? And so, um, interestingly enough, like workaholism is one of, like it's idolatry, and it's one of the forms of idolatry that is actually celebrated, especially in the American church. And it's, it's encouraged. Like we, we tell the guy that works the corporate job, or, or the lady that works the corporate job, like you should be home, have dinner with your kids, be there on the weekends. You know, you should prioritize your family. And, and then we tell the, the staff pastor, well, you can't actually go trick-or-treating with your kids because you need to make sure that everybody else's kids have an opportunity to trick-or-treat at the fall festival. Like yeah. you, you can't be at the, the game because we need you to be at church 51 weeks a year with no Sundays off. And then when those things happen, we go, yeah, wow, like you're making an impact, you're making a difference. And I'm not saying that those things aren't valuable. Uh, but I'm saying what those things can do and that kind of culture can do is give us an excuse to not deal with our deficits in the name of ministry. And so we sacrifice ourselves, we sacrifice our families, we sacrifice our well-being on the altar of ministry. And I just don't think that God celebrates that the way that we celebrate it. And so what I would tell the the, the room, what I would tell the leaders and what I'm telling lead, the leaders listening is you are going to carry yourself into every season and the ministry that you're part of is going to move on when you're not there. But you know who won't move on is you. You will still be mm-hmm. stuck. And you know who won't be moving on? Your spouse, your family, those. Like, I wish that I could get back the years that I stole from my family in my early days of ministry because I hadn't learned this principle yet. I wish that I could go back and say to myself, Brian, like, in, in six, seven years, they're not even going to be thinking about you. But my kids are still feeling the impact of me being gone in some of the early years of their life. And my oh, wife is wow. still feeling that. Im- the church has stopped feeling the impact a long time ago, but I'm still carrying it with me and they're carrying with them. And so that's what I that's what I would tell the leaders. It is worth the risk to be whole and to be well. It might cost you your ministry for the moment to bring these things into light, to do the work that's needed to be done, to have the conversations, to be bold and be courageous, to bring some light in where there's been darkness, but the ministry will move on and those people will be okay. The one that God has given you stewardship of is you and your family and those that are close to you. Those are the ones that can't do it without you. So if you're hiding your deficits behind the the veil of workaholism in ministry because you think it's what God is asking you to do and you're running on empty, running, running uh, in the dark, it's time to be courageous and it's time to let the light in, to let trusted voices in, to let counselors in, to let your spouse in to what's happening on the inside of you so that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you don't look back after a ministry has moved on and realize that you've missed out 
mm. because when you had the opportunity, when you were listening to this episode of this podcast, you had the opportunity to change the trajectory of your life, the trajectory of your life in ministry. And, and I would hate, I would hate for, for the listeners to look back on this season and realize they've missed it. What I would love is for them to look back at this moment right here and say, this is the moment that changed mm-hmm. everything. I remember mm-hmm. that moment mm-hmm. for me, the moment that I had that person that spoke into my life and it changed everything. Didn't make it easy, it just changed everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that's what I would say. It's worth the risk to be whole. It's worth the risk mm-hmm. to be well. They're going to move on because Jesus builds his church. Right. Jesus mm-hmm. builds mm-hmm. his church. So mm-hmm. take that pressure off and, and do well with the opportunity that he's given you, what he's placed in your hands. Come on. Come on and preach, <laughs> man. Good night. Brian, thank you so, so much. Um, so, okay, fam, you got to go follow Brian on the socials. Brian Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. You got to follow Slingshot. Yes. Uh, God's using them to do some amazing, amazing things. I'm thrilled to to step in and be a little piece of that uh, in addition to my role at Mount Pleasant and with worship leader probs and I'm um, just excited to be a part of that team. And uh, Brian, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for um, your life and your example. And and thanks so much for taking the time to, to pour into us and everybody who's listening today. Oh man, I, it, I'm honored, privileged to, to have some time to share with this community. I, I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like that with the big room question. That was... Workaholism is idolatry that is celebrated. Yeah. Wow. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that dude, man. Yeah, he's awesome. First of all, okay, can we just talk about the voice for a second? I think he has like the greatest... He should be doing this on his own. He should be right. doing radio or broadcasting. Right sports or doing, I mean, he'd take our jobs, right? (laughs) I, after hearing that voice, I I know you're like, what are we doing here? I'm hoping Allie can fix our voices up a little bit. (laughs) I feel, I feel like next to his voice, this is not going to be great. (laughs) Well, Brian is just an awesome guy and we'll, we're going to have him back. We, we talked about a bunch of stuff that we Mm -hmm. didn't even get to after we, uh, after we finished the interview. So, uh, man, Brian, thanks again. And make sure you go follow Brian and follow Slingshot on, uh, on all the socials. And thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Hey, make sure you go and hit subscribe on whatever platform it is that you are getting this podcast. That way you don't ever have to search for it. You don't have to remember to go look for it. It is there bright and early for you on Tuesday mornings for you to listen to and enjoy. And do us a favor. If you would head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating with a nice review. We would really, really appreciate that. Believe it or not, we do read through some of those. We do. We do. Soups, 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 totes, totes (laughs) grateful. (laughs) So go over and do that. It just helps to get the message of the podcast out in front of more people. And thank you so much for following us on all of the socials, for engaging with us, going back and forth in the comments, sending us DMs. We absolutely love it. At Worship Leader Probs on Facebook. Instagram and TikTok. And you can even find us over on Twitter if you wade through all of the garbage. <laughs> but search the hashtag worship leader probs.
Guys, and we have this awesome partner, Maven Media Productions. They're editing our podcast and producing graphics, uh, unless the graphics are bad. If the graphics are bad, I made them uh, just on my phone. Uh, But all the really sharp ones are coming from Maven Media Productions. And they're just the greatest people ever. And what they're doing for us, they could do for you or your church or your ministry or your company. If you're looking for help with branding or social media or graphic design or website development, whatever it is, they are your one-stop shop for all things uh, mavenmediaproductions.com. They're amazing people. Uh, And thanks to Scott Hoke for our voiceover intro. Guys, we love you. Thanks for listening to episode 150. Until next time, deuces. Smell you later.